I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey everyone, Amy here. This is a, going to be a very quick intro. No ads. This is your ad-free episode. We're giving you one a month as a gift so that we don't irritate the fuck out of you. Uh, this is the episode we recorded with Connor from The Realness Podcast. We did a dual release, meaning this will also go out on his podcast and ours. And it's just you'll just dive in and see what it's all about. We love you. We love our listeners. If you haven't reviewed us, go to iTunes and review us. Your reviews really help us to be ser- get s- noticed, to be searchable. Um, so go to iTunes, subscribe, review. We love five stars. If you love us and if you hate us, we understand that too. Um, but we prefer you to just tune us out and go away. <laughs> or you could write. But I mean, that's what reviews are about. But if you haven't done already and you love us, please go and review us. And without further ado, here's the podcast. So you guys have been you guys have been just straight hustling these days. We've been we've been doing lots of things. We've been keeping busy. It's really taken off. We were yeah, we had a whole a sentence mentioned in Cosmo as one of the top hot new podcasts. And Maxim. And Men's Hell. You Maxim? Yeah. Damn. on Online, but still. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know what, I'll dude. take it. I'll take it, too. We yeah. got a lot. We did have an influx of people checking out our website after that Maxim thing. Yeah. The picture they used, though, they didn't use our picture, which is weird because we're half naked on our album yeah, like, cover. Why don't you use that picture? Al- but they cover. used some yeah. chick's butt that she was hot, too. I was like, why didn't they Maybe use they that picture? Maybe they think it's your butt. Yeah, yeah. it's fine yeah. with me. Yeah. yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Mistaken ass identity. Totally. Very good lighting. Yeah, it's been so it's been really good. It's just, it's it's just pe- I think we we have the press, but what happens is a lot of word of mouth. We meet so many people who are like, I tell all my friends to listen. I listen to I listen to every single episode. We're like, wow, you binge on us. We're binge worthy. Yeah. I just was having sushi sushi today, and someone's like, April, and I like look, and they're like, love the podcast. You don't know me, but keep go- keep it up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they know all about when you lost your anal virginity. I know. I was like, wow, he knows a lot about me. Right now. <laughs> I feel so weird about that. So that happens. It, I always get weird whenever someone recognizes my voice. Mm-hmm. Like they'll hear me talking and you'll see that like their ears perk up and they're like, oh, are you that guy? Yeah. I'm like, what guy? Yeah. From what, last yeah, night? On, first yeah, what? Time, what, what guy? <laughs> they're like, where do I know you from? Yeah. And they walk up and like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I, just yeah. heard, you, I heard you talking over here. And I was yeah. like, cool. Thanks, man. That's really nice. You have a distinctive voice for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I actually used to get super insecure about my voice. Really? Yeah. Oh. I took speech classes when I was when I was young. Like I was I could always mumble really bad. I still do. That's why I have to have uh I have to have feedback. Like I have to have headphones uh. on when I do a podcast at all or I'll I just can't. You're like I don't Yeah. yeah. It is helpful to hear yourself. Like it we is. typically can't hear ourselves when we record. We're like super I I don't know old school in a way that we use microphones that look like they're from the 1980s. It's very phallic, though. It's good. It for, it's on brand for you guys. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like we're sucking a big old D. Mm. 
So with with y'all's show, like, what are the big topics that people love to hear about? Anal. Sex is sex is anal. sex is always a fun topic. I've put sex in the title of a podcast. They love it. It, it does up. numbers. Yeah. Anal. Try putting anal in Ooh. the title of the it's, podcast. It's, it's happening. Or squirting. Was, that those are the the they, killers. I was oh looking at, on yeah. the back end of our website, and you can see the top words. Did you that go are there pur- purposefully back end? I went back end, and the top <laughs> word that was searched was anal on the on the back end of Shameless Sex website, and our our top ten episodes. One of them is definitely anal 101, which we did like a year ago. Um, the other top episodes would be what women wish, wish you, knew you knew about, about eating pussy. Yes. And what men wish you knew about sucking cock. That's, people love those titles. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's actually what we started our last podcast about was how most girls think they're good at, bl- at bl- oh, yeah. giving blowjobs. And they're just, like, they'll say that. And I'm like, yeah, prove it. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. It's I remember thing. that. But also, I think, yeah, guys are just generally pretty bad at eating pussy, too. Yeah, well, there isn't a lot of great education. Porn definitely is not showing you how to do it the right way. And there's not porn one right way, but it's just, it's like, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah, well, all of porn is pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's actually so, I'm so grateful that I never got into porn. Yeah, oh, you never, you, I think I never, you never watched this. even one porn? I mean, I have. Like, when we right. were, when we were, were young, like, it. when we were, like, in junior high and stuff, like, we'd have, jun- like, junior high football games, like, seventh, eighth grade, and even freshman year of high school. So we'd always go to, like, the guy's house who had, like, had some porn, and, like, it was, like, 20, 17-year-old boy. No, All in like, room. 14 yeah. to 16-year-old boys, like, watching because their dad's porn. wanking it? And yeah, would you circle I think there were some guys that would peel off, you know, and, like, disappear <laughs> for a little while. So like, I'm going to the bathroom for 30 minutes. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh-huh. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like it was funny because it would be split up between we were either, either watching like Remember the Titans in one movie and then you just hear somebody just getting fucked in the other room on like the big screen. Wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. I, I used to have porn parties at my house when I worked at Pure Pleasure. I remember that we watched Pirates. We watched Pirates. We watched uh, Behind the Green Door. Oh yeah, that's an old. It's porn. like that's an old school seventies porn, but it was so funny to see people's reactions. People are too so uncomfortable. They are so uncomfortable, and and it wasn't like a porn party where we're all naked or playing or no. anything like that. It was like drinking and hanging out with friends and watching porn in the background and just looking at people's but like. People reactions. don't know how to function though. They're no. like, uh, they're like, what's going uh, on? Is it okay? And then I think the question is, is it okay for me to be aroused around other people when we're not Ooh. having sex with each other? Like, right. is is that oh, is there permission to do that? And I think a lot of people don't think that that's okay. Okay, and this applies to so many aspects. Like we we can't be aroused in the workplace. We can't be aroused if I'm you know a therapist and I have a client. I'm not supposed to feel arousal there. We need to bottle all of that up. It's what we do with it. Like it, if we're fighting feeling aroused it everywhere, then we're screwing ourselves. Al- like the um, where it's arousal non concordance. Oh, like it might not. You might not even be you aroused. You might not you feel be aroused, or, but yeah. you have something tingling. Uh-huh. Like there was talk of that. Like Emily Nagowski talks about that in her book, where. Yeah. Um, for instance, and this is kind of a, a heavy topic, but some she was talking about a, an instance, a friend was at a party and some friend of his was like a frat party, was uh, having sex with a w- person that was passed out, a woman that was passed out, and he was talking about it. He was like, I was so uncomfortable, but I didn't do anything and I feel guilty. And the worst part is, I kind of got aroused from it, but I don't understand why, yeah. where that came from. And she said it's it's biological, and there's nothing wrong with you because of that. But it's arousal non-concordance. Sometimes you will um, not be horny at all, but your um, genitals will be wet, right, for a, yeah. a female body. Or um, there's just a lot of scenarios. Or you could be uh, totally excited, but your cock maybe isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But to- you're super turned on. We actually had this conversation the other day. One thing, we talked about this, we call them sympathy boners. 
It was like a love it, that name. It was so funny because it was, it was sympathy boners, and we were like, like it, you had a funeral and you no, just no, got hard. No God, no, my condolences. I, <laughs> I love your person this much. This is how much they meant to I me. I swear I'm not aroused. I swear I don't know why it's here. Oh my God. No, it was whenever you're. We were talking about this, and it came up, and I was so glad it came up because I thought it was just me. And that's always the great thing about talking about sex. You're like, oh, it's not just me. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when someone's crying. Like someone's like crying and super vulnerable and you're just like something bad happened and you're talking like your girlfriend or just a, a female friend and, and they're sobbing and they're just really in a bad place and you're just rock hard. And you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want, I, like, I want this to go away because I'm really trying to be present with this person. Now I'm super distracted because I like, don't, please don't hug me right now. Like just, <laughs> you can just like stay. This is bad. But I don't know what, there's gotta be something there biologically that's just. Well, there, yeah, yeah. And again, if you, if you listen. Maybe just watch enough rom-coms that know that someone crying means that we're probably going to fuck in the next 20 minutes. It's possible. Is it, I mean, who knows? Yeah, something biological there. And also, there's just, the body does very interesting things. And so when we decide that arousal is based on what we see in the body, we see an erection, we see hard nipples, we see vaginal lubrication. Oh, they're ready to go. And like half the time that stuff is there for yeah. absolutely no reason. It's just that it's hormones or what you, whatever's going on. Or you wake up like, what's up with morning boners? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> are you, are you, you don't always come out of a erotic dream but you're waking up and often there's morning butters. Well, a lot of times it's yeah it's psychological versus biological right because mm-hmm. your, your hormones fluctuate in a way as you're sleeping so if you look at your hormone curves during sleep it that's where that comes from mm-hmm. is that like natural production of growth hormone and testosterone so your testosterone will peak towards the end of sleep mm-hmm. and then you come out and you're like there it is. Boom. And you know that there's clitoral boners, too. Yeah, cl- clit boners. Oh, I've definitely felt that with my mouth before. Yeah, yeah. you're like, whoa, that <laughs> thing boners. is It's like a real thing. People thing. don't even think about it, but there are clitoris. Yeah. It's all erectile like, tissue. Like the, the, the G-spot type, like um, you guys will know more about this, but there's like ridges. that You can feel they get swollen. It feels like this is swollen, almost like it's harder over time. I mean, the whole, over a, a, the period. Vul- the whole vulva, and that includes, I mean, the vulva would be external anatomy, so the, the labia majora, labia minora, the clitoral structure is erectile tissue and the G spot is the the with the urethral sponge. So it's this like tissue that surrounds the urethra to, to protect it. But it's all connected, you know, mm-hmm. so it's all erectile tissue. Things just get engorged just like a cockwood, but it's like internal instead. So yeah, all of that just gets like juicy and spongy and uh, filled with blood. That's what it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I know. Yeah. So clip owners is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. But were you asking what's the word for what? Well, the uh, the plural of clitoris is like clitor- clitoral- clitoroli. Remember? Clitor- it's, it's like clitoridity or clitoridity? something clitoridity? like that. Clitoridity? Yeah. That sounds something awesome. Like that. Yeah. But I never say it. I always say clitorises, but that's not accurate. Cl- I think it's clitoris. I can't remember. Is it clitoris? I, I, clitoril- I think it's clitoridity. Clitoridi. Clitoridity. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's that. like if you see five Lexus outside parked, is it five Lexuses or five Lexi? Octopuses or octopi? <laughs> <laughs> Octopuses don't travel in groups. What do they do? They only are sa- solo. Oh. That's why there's no animal Octopus group name f- for octopus. Fucking savages. <laughs> cool, one of the coolest animals on the planet. Yeah. They they are. Are. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. Like, what about octopus porn, tentacle porn? How you feel? Is oh, that yeah. a thing? That's I mean, a see, thing. So the thing about it is, I didn't get into I never ever got into porn. It didn't do it for me. And I. I would try to find some, and just getting down the rabbit hole to find something you like is so over the top because it was just yeah. so much. So it's too much, and you're like, people are into what? I used to think yeah. like I, I, I kind of made a bit out of this, but I said there was something just 
there was something about a guy with bad tattoos fucking someone with emotional issues that just reminded me Ooh. too much of my parents. Uh-huh. So I just, it just didn't really do it for me. Yeah, yeah. That I was, mean, that's a joke. But I, still, I don't know what it was that I just, but I would stay up watching Sex in the City for four hours when I was a kid on HBO just trying to see a nipple. Yeah. Right? So it was like, I was into it. It just wasn't. It never got me going. Well, and then Sex and the City was also going to be depicting something that was it was it's not real because it's a it's a drama a TV show. Wait, yet. that like, wasn't real. Oh shit! I'm so sorry. It was breaking my heart. I'm right so now. sorry. <laughs> but I'm so so breaking her heart. But but I don't know. People love softcore sex scenes. Like it's super hot to see R-rated things that have softcore sex scenes versus you go and watch porn. It's just like it can be really really intense. Yeah. They're going for the shock value. They're like, let's give you the most bang for your buck because we know we don't get your attention for a long time. <laughs> we get you for like two and a half minutes. This, this is what we're gonna give you. And people are fast forwarding <laughs> to like the things that they want to see. Like for me, I'm like, where's the anal at? There's no anal. Where's the anal? Okay, there it is. I'm on that scene. That's I what mean, I mean. My for. brother, That's my genre. I used to yeah. find That's my, be my genre. like the Sears catalog under my brother's bed when I was Sears? little. Oh, in the lingerie bra <laughs> like section. And I was like, what, my, what? What is this? Oh, why is this under and brother's he, bed? Yeah, it was under his bed. Like I was looking for something else and I like opened it and it was really, it was marked on the like the laundry section. It was like the Sears catalog, which is women posing and like full like grandma panties and like you know Dude, padded bras. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a, a thing. Well, and that I mean I, I'm sure it still is a thing places, but now we have the interwebs, right? So like the internet has changed things. I don't know. Are, p- are people still wanking to Sears catalog? Is Sears catalog even still around? Well, now because Sears I'm is out of business, but maybe it was J C Penny. It could have been J C Penny. Yeah. Oh. No, my mom. But it's like that's, that's what that's what hipsters do. They're, they're just going back. Their... They're just like, you know, I don't even watch porn. I just look at the Sears catalog. <laughs> Actually, it's John cool. Mayer, John Mayer talked about this. This is I was super intrigued by this. He quit watching porn completely. He was addicted, I heard, to porn. He like came yeah. out with this whole... He talked about it a lot. Yeah. He, but he said what he would do instead was find a picture of a woman, fully clothed, very sexy, and he would only masturbate to that one person for a full month. Oh. So it was like 12 people a year, but he would create these really elaborate fantasies. Oh. And I remember telling my guy, like I told somebody I didn't really watch porn, and it wasn't because I was like, fuck porn, I think it's great. I mean, there's so much there, and you can always find, you can, you can find your kinks in there and stuff too. I think it's fucking incredible in, in a way. And it can get slippery, yeah. right? Well... In a lot it, of different ways. Yeah, a lot it's of ways. It's a slippery slope. But um, I remember telling my buddy that I could, I was like, well, I'll just use my imagination. Like, I've yeah. always done that. I, just, I can just think up whatever scenario I want yeah, in my yeah. head with whoever I want, and I have a good time with that. Uh-huh. And I remember him thinking, or just looking at me like I had a fucking superpower. Yeah. He was like, like you can just, like, think up your own, like, middle mind porn. And I was like, yeah, dude, I just use my imagination. Bank bank material. What? It's Think- like, it's whatever. I can, like, think about girls from high school. Yeah, like, I got <laughs> years of spanking. And yeah. not the way they look now, the way they looked then. You're like, I don't even <laughs> right. need, I don't even need, like, dick pics and boob pics or anything. I have it all in memory in my brain. And think of when we were kids and how we had these imaginations. Like, I was a kid who had rape fantasies starting at age 10 when I saw the Melrose Place rape scene and I was super aroused. And I was like, well, why is this here? I've never yeah, been the, raped. I've the rape never. one gets really interesting. It's, yeah, and it, but it, it was, but it was like, so, kept, it was, and I, so what I could do as I was only child, I had spent a lot of time alone because I was an only child and I could just make up stories and fantasize endlessly as a kid but then as we get older we we are less in touch with that I think we get so busy with all the things that are going on so we are not as imaginative but you still have those skills that didn't yeah. go away so you're you're just using the old skills that you've always had and other people have um, kind of masked that or blocked that with the constant bombardment of media and all the things that are in phones and ways that they're not having to use their imagination anymore yeah I mean that's what literally when you look at Joe Dispenza and breaking the habit of being yourself or becoming supernatural or the fucking law of attraction, 
what they're talking about is using your imagination. Mm-hmm. It's like use your imagination, create a reality, yeah, and then work backwards from there, and then you achieve. Like that's we, but we don't ever think about that. It's like no, no just you're, just use your imagination, bro. Like really yeah. think about what that looks like for you, and then you can f- you can honestly have visceral, somatic feelings. Yeah. From just thinking about something and seeing if it feels right for you. Yeah, and if it's hard for you to connect with, think back to when you were a kid and you used to do that. Like that was yeah. that's what kids did. They had Cowboys little like, and Indians and imaginary friends and you know yeah. all those things. And like I used to tell stories, but I want to go to when I die, I want to go to Unicorn Land, and would like tell you know a story for an hour in my own head or to a little girlfriend when we were five about what Unicorn Land would be like. Yeah, all from our you know maybe we saw some movies, but just from our brains. And now I'm an adult, and I was like. I can't come up with it. I'll just Google it. You know, it's just, it's, we're not, we're just not there, but it's all in there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the, the one things about social media and just media in general is like it, it does hijack your imagination. Yeah. Like, and go- having Google is obviously super helpful, but yes. sometimes it's nice to figure things out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, something I grew up in, uh, like a small town in Texas, and I grew up in uh, the oil and gas business. Mm-hmm. So I started working like manual ish labor when I was like 12 and like real on, full on like manual labor when I was like 16. And sometimes you'd be out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you'd have a problem. And you get something's fucked, something's broken. Mm-hmm. So you're an hour from anywhere that has tools. And so you got a truck full of stuff and a handful of parts that you keep on hand in case this happens. And you got this problem, and you got to fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. Figure it out, or you, you know, you're losing money every minute that this thing is not working. So yeah. figure it out. And I, I love that. I'll trace that back and, like, why do I love solving problems? Like, I'll move to a new city and not use the maps. I'll just get lost. And that is a skill, too. I think young people aren't being taught how to use their hands to build things, to fix things, you know. Or to navigate at all. I was just saying the other day how I wish the internet would crash for, like, two months where there was no access. The world would fall apart. I would love it, though, (laughs) just because, I mean, you know, my partner has a 14-year-old daughter, and I'm like, she relies a lot on her phone. I mean, they're Snapchatting every 15 seconds. Like, for real? What about just not being on your phone for 20 minutes and just being present? in what's actually happening in real time in the real world. And I don't know if it'll happen, but I think at some point it would be really nice if there was just no internet for just a short amount of time. But then I, I thought about that as like one weekend a month. If one weekend yeah, a month it yeah. was no social media. I would go like with that. Like global, yeah. Or like no <laughs> maps, like GPS. Like just like figure it out. Use yeah. an actual map like yeah. the pirates did. People would just be slamming into it. It'd be bumper cars oh, I know. everywhere. Well, and that's an, one of the nice things I will say that why I love the internet. One of the many reasons is things like this. We're recording a podcast. Someone in Saudi Arabia can hear it because of the internet. Because they Actually, have the easy no, access. Actually, no, they have... Uh, but like a lot of censored media in Saudi Arabia. We so have listeners in Saudi but Arabia. But it's illegal that they're actually being able to listen well, to this Well, we love you for listening. They're going to for they're it. Probably Break like foreigners laws. that were flying into Saudi Arabia, like Dubai or something, or that's in United okay, Arab well, Emirates. Let's say let's they use were a different example, Nigeria. There you know, we, we go. have <laughs> listeners in Nigeria. We <laughs> Libya, we have listeners <laughs> we in Libya, and it's like very, We yes. have <laughs> listeners in almost every country, and sure, it might be some, you know, someone from the UK. Or I want or Antarctica, though, to come up. I know. I'm that would be so rad. There's like 14 people there. I know. Yeah. You like, have like six listeners. You're like, damn. Shout out to <laughs> Antarctica. Yeah. Greenland is still dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not much. Remember the there. Greenland guy we met when we were in um, line at the, in the queue? Was no, he was from Greenland. Oh, I, yes. And he was like, like no one's from Greenland. people <laughs> in Greenland, and I'm one of them. I was like, wow. That guy was kind of an asshole. Oh, he's too. a total dick. Yeah. Not so he socialized. There's only. You know, thirty-five thousand people there. He probably doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't really know. Like, He's probably trying to be nice. He just doesn't really know how. Yeah, it's like I we're know. just trying to survive up here. Yeah, we live he, on. We live on a fucking ice. We, we were in we line to go into a nightclub in Berlin, and it was like all these tw- you know, early twenty-year-old folks, and it was like this really hipster nightclub. And this guy's in front of us and looks at us. He's like, "How old are you guys?" <laughs> we're like. 30s, 
friend? And he's like, <laughs> okay. You know, essentially, like, you're too old to be here, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and guess, and guess what? Morals, we didn't get into the club, literally. No. We got to the in? front, and they were like, you out. <laughs> we, we waited in line for two hours and didn't get in. <laughs> we peaked the in the queue, too. Yeah. We peaked in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, this fucking sucks At right 2 a.m., they have this maneuver, too. If they, uh, yeah. if they screw you to the right, you get into the nightclub. If they screw you to the left, you end up on the street where you started after waiting for two hours, and they literally just shove you out the door. Yeah, they were just like, nine? <laughs> and I was like, what? What happened? Uh, like, it all happened so fast. So that kid was but right. But they tell you all of these rules to get into the into the clubs in Germany. We're in Berlin. And they were like, don't smile. Don't laugh too hard. Don't draw attention to yourself. Make sure you're in couples and not big groups. Yeah. And don't look like you're a tourist. And I was like, these are all the things that we are. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. You literally just described us. And I know. Oh my we, God. They were right. We didn't get we in. We didn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Bummer. But okay. that guy from Greenland totally knew we weren't going to get in. He's like, so you think you're going to get in? <laughs> and we're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I totally think I'm going to get in. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, I was like, dude. Like the cool moms. Like, what? Yeah, he was, was right. Like, he was right all along. Greenland knows what's up. They know yeah. what's up. Yeah, they know what's up. They're not, they don't have time to fuck around. I wonder how dating in Greenland is. They probably, Jesus, uh, that's probably. That's a fishbowl if I ever probably could assume. I mean, bowl. unless. Fishbowl dating, that is, yeah, that's child. Yeah, that's you've been in Santa fishbowl. Cruz for a long time. Are you about the yeah. fishbowl? Well, they're you know all about it. The yeah, dating in Santa Cruz is is definitely super challenging here. And I think um, it gets harder as you get older. And uh, obviously, like, when you're in your teens and 20s, it's, it's somewhat easy. And then also, your standards are lowered then, too. You're like, they just have to be attractive and nice. Ah. Now I'm like, they need this, 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 this. You, you will it down. You, yeah. You, you get older, you get. And experience. It's, it's funny because you will it down, but then also there's less people to date. Yeah. It's very, it's it really dating in your thirties is a whole fucking different animal. Well, because a lot yeah. of the the folks that are like the secure folks, meaning like if you're doing attachment style, anxious, avoiding, secure, they're in relation, they're gone, they're married in relationships. Yep. We're just now we're waiting for them to get divorced. Yeah, and they're like there yeah. you are. Yeah, you fucked it up, yeah. didn't you? You fucked <laughs> up. Divorce didn't one you? or divorce right. two, you're just waiting for one of them to happen. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's bound to happen. <laughs> well, and what yeah. is Esther Perel was saying that her the statistics for. Um, for divorce, is it? Like, it's around fifty percent for the first marriage, and then second marriage is even higher. It's like seventy-five percent yeah. or something like that. I think it's in the sixties. Investor Perel says something. One thousand percent. Right. Yeah. Just, just She's what it is. The, the spirit animal the for us. The third both. one, I think, is in like the twenties or thirties, percentage-wise. So like third one's people just the charm. old and they just die. Well, <laughs> or the they also finally figured it out. Like the second yeah. one, she says, she's like, the theory is that they think they figured it out. Oh, my second marriage, I'll figure out. This applies to your current partner. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well. Sorry, sorry, current partner. Um, but I'll yeah, I'll figure it figure it out here. But they really I told him that stat. I was like, but good thing is, I don't want to get married for number two because I've been married before. Uh-huh. I was like, so it'd be I'd be your number three, so the odds are that we'd be together, but I'd be over you because it's like sixty to thirty. So <laughs> yeah. I would be the We're one fucked. You'd be the one that's still be there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should take the mean of all of them. The forty five percent chance. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You have fifty-five percent. You'll make it. If you wait to get married until after you're twenty-eight, apparently your odds, like the statistics, yeah, yeah. You, the, Dude, of your marriage being successful before increases. the before the age of twenty-seven, I c- I couldn't be trusted to make a decision about anything. Yeah, I know anything. Jeez, I agree. And yeah. I was also taking a lot of Adderall, which made me make even worse decisions. And that would do it. You know, you don't know. You're like, wow, this is dumb. Like I'm thirty-two now, and I'm like. Okay, I actually know what I want, finally. Like, and this has happened just the other day. I was like, well, I, Figure it out. I know what I want. This is cool. Yeah. And I can have boundaries now because I now I know where to put them. Yeah. It's weird. I, just, I, fi- I scouted out life enough to where I know what's up. And I could have married a two of my last, like, of the gro- like substantial relationships in my life. Out of the four, like, two of them were 
real badass chicks that I'm and two, they're both married now or, or engaged and I'm like man that, that could that could have worked out I could have done that and I'm so glad I didn't because I wasn't ready yeah I wasn't ready and a lot of people that I work with are coming out of relationships they're usually going through some kind of big shift in life right when you get to your early 30s the divorces mm-hmm. start yeah, they got married at 22 oh, 21 yeah. 23 25 like and they have two kids or man one guy I work with he's he's one of my favorite clients of all time and he got married at 24 Four, twenty-three, had five kids in seven years. Whoa. And that was in his like late thirties. And he's like, dude, I don't I just woke up one day. I just woke up one day and I was like, I have to tell these kids to shower twenty times per day each. Mm. I'm telling someone to shower a hundred times a day. No. Oh I was like, God. Jesus Christ. He's like, this is it's it, it and he just kind of snapped out of it one day and was like, I just this this just happened. Yeah. Did it he just happen? Is he still married? Him? Uh yeah. So he's going through it. Like, he's not, like, over the life. He's just dealing with it. Yeah, it was, like, more of a, a big grasping of the whole situation. Wow. Which is a lot. It's a lot to grasp. Like, you kind of snap out of it. I think that's where the midlife, midlife crisis comes from. It's like, okay, one, I'm going to die. Okay, fuck, you know? And then two, what I get myself into. Yeah. Well, have you noticed that a lot of people, at least I've noticed, and I, don't, I won't speak for everyone else, but, like, my friends with kids, their whole identity lies within their children. And I get so tired of going out with my friends, and they'll, they'll go on and on about their kids. Or if I'm with a lot of moms or dads, and I'm like, hey, what about you? What do you like? What do you do? Because what does what your life look like outside of this child or children? Because your identity is totally something else. Like, you can't pour every ounce of yourself into that. Where's time for you? And they're always like, they don't even know how to respond. No, 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 no clue at no. all. No, it's like showing me pictures of the kids, and I don't have kids, and I, I, I'm fine with children i've just never had the desire to like actually birth one out of my vagina so uh point is well the thing about it is they get mommy shame too if they try to have a, their own, own life i noticed that a lot too it's like other yeah. moms that make the their judgmental own to- like, yeah, it's like oh, oh you, you have you, a babysitter you have a sitter so you can go you to the gym nanny? two hours yeah. every other day yeah. it's like shame on you it's oh, so you're, true you're That's, such a selfish bitch yeah. it's like what, really what like, i've never had a babysitter i'm like well, that means you don't get a shit about your own personal life. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, what happens when these kids, you know, they're going to, one, your kids are always going to hate you for a period of time. No it's matter how good of a parent, it. it's just part of it. They're yeah. going to, like, they're going to pull away, they're going to do their thing. And two, they're also going to leave. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't have your own life, when they leave, you're going to either be just a shell of a human being or you're going to grasp onto your kids and that's not going to be healthy either. That's not going to set them up for success in their life. Or you're going to go through a major midlife crisis. A major. Well, you're, like, you're losing complete. your shit. Well, there's completely. the term, was it helicopter parenting that you taught me? I taught you so about April this. April taught me the term helicopter parenting was the parent kind of over, over overseeing you, micromanaging their kid all the time. And I actually, so she told me about that, that that was a thing. And I was like, I never even heard about this. And then in my Hakomi training i'm in a holistic psychotherapy training that i'm particip- i'm a student of so i can bring it to work with clients and they were actually saying the effects of helicopter parenting of not giving your child their own autonomy and their own space and constantly micromanaging them that those kids they grow up they hit college age they flunk their classes they're like fuck it i am just i'm just kind of done like they go through this overwhelm and just kind of let go because they're so used to someone just constantly push pressuring them and overseeing them and not giving them their own freedom and then when they finally have their freedom they just like they they let loose in it mm-hmm. and this isn't everyone but it's it's like it's it's too much and then they also said this very interesting thing um the number one i'm going to say this incorrectly but i think it's really really important uh, for 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 parents out there, if you or if you're thinking of having kids, then I think the number one thing that will set your child up for more success in um, not uh, inheriting or learning your wounding that you got from your own parents is you 
doing the work around even just understanding what that wounding is, right? So if a parent never does the work of like, okay, this is my wounding, these are the behaviors, this is where it comes from, I got of X, Y, and Z. If they never do that work and they're kind of just letting that just be as it is, they pass it on. Yeah. They're more likely to pass it on. I so have my mom's wounding fully. Yeah, well, mom probably didn't My go mom and is so out that. of touch out of all, with all of her things, mm-hmm. but I've been trying to work it through it. It's yeah, funny, yeah. It's that's actually, easy. I think that's Dan Siegel's work. Yeah, is the it? The book Mindsight. Yeah, yeah, he talks about that. Is, is if you can construct an accurate narrative, an honest narrative of your life up mm-hmm. to now, and you can have an understanding of that, then that's the number one predictor of your kids having healthy attachment yeah. styles. Well, and they won't, because yeah. you're like, oh, I, I, I know what my th- my things are. I, under- I yeah. understand it. And like, I might still do it. I might still get stuck in it, and I know what they are. So you're obviously doing some sort of work around that. I think, I mean, awareness is the first step, and then the most important step. Yeah, and if you can catch yourself being like, oh, wow, being like kind of a clingy mom right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed my kid. My, like, I'm not letting my kid make their own choices. I'm actually choosing what I think is best for them instead of, and I know you can't do that for like a one-year-old, but I mean, at some point, you got to really let them. I remember my mom saying that was the hardest thing for her as a parent was, you know, I would come out wearing this big baggy t-shirt and like little pink, hot pink strap pants, stretch pants, and I wouldn't want to brush my hair. And she'd be like, Amy, you can't go to school. And I was like, but I want to. And she'd be like, all right. Not a lot's changed. Your b- <laughs> 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 it's true. See, and that's why I probably like April's like, you can't wear that, Amy. I'm like, Amy, we're going to a business meeting. She's like in her yoga pants. And like, a, I was like, we're going to a meeting. You can't wear that. She's like, why? Why not? Like, My mom said I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mom did. You're not the boss of me. Mom said I yeah. could. No, I mean, I had, I saw worked with a woman a while, like when early on. And I first got into lifestyle design, and it was so funny because we were talking about their, her sex life with her husband. And she was frustrated that he wouldn't, uh, he didn't, he wasn't very assertive and wouldn't initiate. And I'm like, well, when does he try to initiate? She's like, well, it's the most inconvenient times. And I was like, what? And so she kind of uh, started laying it out. She's like, yeah, like our daughter's in the other room, and I'm cooking in the kitchen. I'm like, so your, your husband's trying to like have some spontaneity and fuck you in the kitchen while your two year old daughter's like doing something in the other room. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to have sex with your daughters in the other room? Like, yeah. she's gonna, if she, even if she walked in, she's gonna be fine. But yeah. it was like this whole, like, the whole thing. Like, her whole hand. life was around the kids. Make sure my daughter's okay. And yes. it was like, if anything even kind of came close to, to threatening that, and it, which I totally get as a motherly instinct. But I was yeah. like, hey, if you're shutting him down every time he tries to make a spont- spontaneous advance, like, a lot of women would kill for that. Yeah. And, and there's the other thing, too, like trying to shield kids from from sex like parents have to pretend like they're not sexual beings and that's another thing for like healthy parenting is that's a, like one of the more helpful things to do is to not hide the fact that you are uh, your affection with your partner you know with in front of your kids right if you're not showing that to them they don't grow up thinking affection is normal and therefore they themselves might have issues with affection so it's like subtle shaming really yeah and so one of the things I've actually taught sex ed for um, middle schoolers a, a workshop a four week series and that one of the things like that we <laughs> it was very interesting. We did it. We, we've done w- versions where it was just for parents, and then we did one for parents and their middle schoolers. And it's, you know, quiet and awkward because they're uncomfortable. But one of the things that we say is to, as if you're, you know, you're a parent and you are partnered, or you have, you know, someone, maybe not like the stranger that comes over, but you're partnered and you essentially let your kids know, like, okay, well, this is private time for mommy and whoever, what, you know, whoever, husband or whatever partnership you're in, us. This is us time. We're going to take some time in the room 
room alone. We'll be back in an hour. You don't tell them you're going to bang it out, but like they know, oh, they're they're doing things, and yeah. it's okay. And a certain when they're old enough to understand what that is, they start putting it together. Yeah, like, it's like okay, cool. You don't need to be explicit about yeah. it, but like as they mature into understanding that, like okay, yeah, like mom and dad were. Yeah, they were fucking. They were banging, and you know they they weren't they were doing things, and like all right, I guess that's normal. I oh guess it's God. okay. So I, I got I got really abruptly introduced to that. Um, I was probably like twelve years old, and I told the story on the show the other day, but I'm gonna tell it again because I think you guys would love to hear this. So I I, I was with my buddies, two two of my best friends when we were junior high age. We were at my mom's house. My mom, you know, what was it? I didn't live with her, but I would go visit visit and hang out with her and spend a weekend there every now and then. And uh, she lived in the same hometown as my grandparents who raised me. And we were just kind of like rummaging around her house, like messing around in like their office area. And we found this digital camera. And we're like, oh, cool. We'll take, take the, this is before iPhones, obviously. Like we, we're like, oh, we'll go take pictures outside. Like we'll just mess around. We're just boys playing around. My, my friend opens the camera up, and it's just the first photo on the camera is my mom just giving my stepdad a fucking blowjob. Your mom? Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you're like, oh. And like, if it would have been me looking at like my mom sucking a dick, I'd been like, I'm going to close this. This is not for me. Yeah. I'm going to leave this alone. No photos on the kitchen. But my buddies were like, oh my God. And they just we keep scrolling. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, we scrolling through it, and I was like, Mortified. I was like, so Jesus they didn't show you, but you knew what they were looking. Oh, at. I saw some of oh, it. You and they were like, yeah. you gotta see this, and I was like, no, dude, I don't need to see any of this. Like, yeah. please, can we all just forget this happened and then don't tell anyone? Like, this is too much. Do you still much. have the image if you think about it? Oh yeah, it's oh, in my yeah. head. <laughs> the first, the first image, not all of them, but just the first one. I'm just like, oh, my, so my stepdad still had hair. Oh jeez, does your mom <laughs> know? Do they know? I, the world knows. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom, wait I can't remember if I actually slowly. told her about it, but it was like you know, I'm glad they were having a good time. Yeah, sounds like they were having a I good used time. To, I used to when I was go visit my dad too. I used to hear him and my stepmom having sex. Really? We'd be in the other room. They were just loud. Yeah. My dad was swinging a hammer too. You could always see it through his jeans. Okay. Oh. It, was, it was like a big. So he wor- he actually worked at my uh, my buddy's. He's painted cars. Okay. I'm from a small town. It's crazy, but uh, my buddy's dad owned the car the body shop he worked at and he was like do you know your dad has a huge dick right (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no man i didn't know that and he was like you can like see it through his jeans everybody at work talks about it oh he's got a (laughs) swinging hammer and then then i then i said something about my brother and he was like and then my brother got the swinging hammer i got like the normal dick your normal dick i got i'm six foot four with a normal dick my brother's five foot nine with like a with a with a fucking hog i don't like Big dicks, like I, I never. I am terrified of huge dicks. And I, I did hook up with an LA Laker when I was <laughs> single, and I was like, holy fuck! I realized I walked with a limp for a little while after that. Like we hooked up twice, and I was like, I can't do big dicks because I always had average sized cocks throughout my sexual. You know, um, when I was like being m- like non monogamy, uh, I slept with probably eight people, but all of them had average dicks until this guy. After a certain point, it's more about guys. Than it is about like actually doing anything. Like I'm super satisfied with my yeah, and I my, think my a, a lot of the big cocks don't really get to experience a lot of anal blowjobs can be well, challenging. Also, you run into molars. A lot of my friends that uh, vagin- vagi- vagina vagina owning, <laughs> owning friends that are like, oh my god, he his dick was so smaller. That dick was so small. I was like, well, maybe you have a big vagina, and That's it's true. Thing. It's like your yeah. vagina probably needs a larger sized cock. So for me, I know I have a small vaginal canal, and I need like average. Or below average. Well, we, and we recorded with uh, Susan Bratton, who has she's got this like what she um, sex advisor to millions. Hot she has a sec- hot hot trusted sex, advisor millions. sex advisor to she millions. She has this, yeah. uh, this YouTube <laughs> channel, and so she was saying she's, she's like a trip. she's like I found my husband is the perfect dick for my body. I'm six feet tall. I have a big vagina. He has a big dick. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. But like, but people just assume that the big dick goes with 
all bodies. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. No, not at all. No. I remember the first time so I played uh, college football, and I showered with mostly white dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, we showered since we were sophomores on. And I remember the first time I walked into the shower in college with my first time I had, like, showered with the brothers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm, like, hanging. I'm, you know, I'm, like, holding my own in here. And this guy turns around, half black dude, and he had the biggest dick that I'd ever Soft seen. Soft cock I w- was even s- just massive. I was just like, what do you, there's, I was like, there's no way that thing gets hard, bigger when you're hard. Yeah. It, there's no way. I was like, that's, what do you even. How big are we talking here? I'm talking like soft dick, eight inches at least. Ooh. And like, and like oh ripe. Oh Lord. Ripe. And like probably like girth wise, like five and a half inches of. It was, it was, it was, Ooh, it was, me. it was scary. one of those things that I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to even, I, I don't even know if I, I can have a conversation with you after this like this is just <laughs> I, I was, was so I was like all I think about is like this guy is like this is massive dick. He, turns around, he turns around and it's like what's up dude and it was like swinging for like 20 seconds just like settling wow. back into its place talk about a helicopter yeah. it was something it was something else it's not easy to get the, that size of uh, penises like John Holmes he would it take him a long time before he could actually Plus get them. an erection yeah. yeah because his dick was just so massive and well, and they all, well all, like all your blood, it's probably dangerous for your heart. You might just you could just got all rough. You, just gotta, <laughs> you get lightheaded all the time. Every time you get a boner, all your brain blood yeah. just in your dick. Like, you get like, I got a boner. I fainted <laughs> every time. <laughs> it's like you're trying to run. You, yeah. can't, you can't run track. There's oh. no track for guys with big dicks. You got to duct tape. Actually, NFL player running the forty in the combine. His dick came out. He's oh, offensive, oh, really? line, oh. offensive lineman. Probably like recently? A, probably like a six foot nine. Like how does that happen? Because isn't there like a cup and everything? No, no, no. He was in a, he was in a tracksuit. Oh, okay. He, I was he, like, he, how did that? He like <laughs> fell over, and they're like, "What happened?" He's like, "My dick fell out." <laughs> oh, no. Tripped. It tripped. Oh <laughs> my god! Wow. <laughs> I I must say, like, I have moments where I wish I know that it's hard being a vulva owner and living in a female body and feeling like you know I have to, I have to deal with the fear of like rape and things like that. And then my not of his internal. It was a re- whole lot of reasons why this body's really difficult. I can get pregnant, blah, 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 blah. And I, so there's days when I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have a cock. And I honestly am like, it must feel really weird to have a thing just kind of flailing around between the, no, you used to it's it? It's a lot of responsibility. Respo- <laughs> I would if you're responsible. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I would never, I, I, I'm not saying you're not, but I think I can't speak for everyone that they're holding down the responsibility game. I don't know. I would never wear underwear. I mean, I don't wear underwear as a you gotta, woman. You got to be careful. Yeah. You got to be careful. Here's the thing: you think that until you get chafed by a zipper. Oof! Oh, it's like uh, like there's something about Mary status? Um, no, no, not caught in a zipper. Okay. Like, it's like it's like if you get a hard on in a pair of jeans without a, with, with a zipper situation. Uh-huh. There's not, not a cover covered. back there to help. It out. is, but it's like it just depends on the jeans. Ugh. It depends on the situation. I mean, and then you think about when you're a, a, a young boy. Like we would always wear a big thing was like basketball shorts when I was yeah. in junior high. Right. And dude, you would get a hard on in the middle of class. Oh yeah, there's like no out control of, out of nowhere. And we used to take um, something called hydroxycut. It was like a performance supplement. I it was like that. all the, and yeah. we would very be very caffeinated. Yeah, a lot of caffeine. Fe- is it ephedra? There was it was post ephedra, so oh. there was no ephedra in it. But the it was good old ephedra days. When I know it was just legal. Get was that like no? Were there, <laughs> that, those are no dos and things like that. Mm, yeah, no dos had it in there. No, ephedra <laughs> was totally like like legal speed. It was. It's, a, it's not. It's not as it bad as people speed, think. But it, but was, it was. Yeah, it's. It could definitely fuck with you if you did a lot of it. Uh huh. And but anyways, we would just be sitting in like computer tech class. And I'm like, God damn it, dude, I can't even I, I, I can't even get up right now. Yeah, you're in computer tech. You're not you're like are you even aroused? No, or? we're like playing putt putt <laughs> on the fucking <laughs> I'm not turned on by like you know, two thousand three putt putt on the on the internet. Like that was Maybe what was the going on. Maybe the librarian was hot. 
it was just an old guy from Vietnam that told really inappropriate <laughs> Vietnam stories to sophomores <laughs> in high school about yes. napalm. Oh, yes. God. And you're like, I am hard That's for no reason. This no. makes no sense. <laughs> but well, there was a one time where uh, one of the girls in the class was like, like gave me a back rub, and I was... Oh, well, that... Yeah. I was fu- fully torqued. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, the bell rings, like, I can't go. Yeah, I I'm gotta staying stay here. here. Actually. Well, so wasn't I'm there some tricks? Ill right now. Like, you, like, you would do the, like, the tuck under... So I was always an up guy. My dick okay. goes up. So, so you I, just would, tuck I was in a band. I was lucky. If it was down, if I was a down guy, you're you're fucked because it's I, like it's only it's just a one wrong move and that thing's like out of out of control. Well, we had to worry yeah. about our periods as as yeah. adolescent, <sighs> teenage, yeah. growing up, you know, in different areas. Considering the white pants or not, that was always gnarly. Yeah, so I can't imagine that would be so. It was gnarly, and I remember so girls getting their period at school and then getting made fun of for months, and I was like, that is so wrong. What's well, always the worst because at that age, at like thir- 12, 13, 14, 15, like. All this stuff is going on. You yeah. don't know what the you don't know what the hell to do. And then kids that age are just savages. Yeah, yeah. they're so savage. Mean. They have not that socialized. They and they're just ruined. mean. Yeah. And it's like, it's and you and you and you think you don't carry that stuff with you. Oh yeah. Well, you do. Oh yeah. I have an old one from the our very first school dance when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and so it was the first time I really kind of danced in that kind of environment. You know, I've done like take like ballet once or twice or whatever what kind of, what kind of dancing like, like you know, grinding like, and like or like well or like no, just out like everyone in a circle slow dancing, dancing and music like, you're like at the club but you're se- you know 7th oh. or 8th yeah. grade in the auditorium okay yeah. and in so the that gymnasium. kind of thing you're and up. my girlfriends yeah. were such little bitches they were mean girls because I was like the new kind of scrawny girl to the group and so they decided they are going to make my life hell it's like totally mean girls hazing and so I was dancing the first time I don't know what I was doing but they're like pointing at me and like oh my god look at Amy look at what she's doing ha 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 and it fucked me up yeah you were always really weird about dancing even when weird. I met For you years. in your 20s For you years. were like really strange about it you were like yes. oh, I just you know and you had kind of told me that you were traumatized there was like a, a big insecurity around it because it, that like that like laid the foundation because it was the first time right and then that happened and so it took me for, like probably two decades and in like learn going to Burning Man and taking some psychedelics and some drugs and dancing on in that environment and seeing and then also took me honestly getting out of like the house music and electronic scene and moving more to like the hippie electronic scene mm-hmm. and dancing with all like the weird, you know, ecstatic dance contact dance. Doing whatever hip- the fuck, just like moving around. And being like, yeah. Oh yeah, I can do whatever I want. And actually what's more sexy and beautiful is when you don't give a fuck. So I had that I totally resonate with that. I was so embarrassed to dance because I was well I was six foot tall in the sixth grade and like 200 pounds mm-hmm. so I was a bit I was bigger wow. than most of my teachers like yeah. I was just a, a big kid mm-hmm. and uh, I was so sc- I mean, all you want when you're that big is you just get ruined right you just can't you can't talk to girls like you're just awkward sized mm-hmm. you're just it's, it, you, you're clumsy you're like a puppy yeah. like a big puppy just trying like tripping over yourself walking into the door frames I would like hit ceiling fans oh. sometimes with, like I'd like, change a shirt and I'm like I'm just too big for it was like in the movie Big whenever Tom Hanks like it wakes up in like the, Aww, little, yeah. like, the little underwear you're like this is just yeah, too much not again. and uh, same thing dances were so awkward because one I couldn't talk to girls I was mm-hmm. so scared I would get so nervous uh, would be dancing like the hands on the hips, hands on the shoulders thing, and just like was super awkward. And the first time, I shit you not, I've never actually never said this on the podcast before, but um, I was da- the first time a girl like danced on me, like grinded on me, right? Fully came. Oh, yeah. Fully oh, came in right. my pants. How long did it take you? Oh, a song. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Noise. Wow. <laughs> not too long at all. Did you Remember, tell anyone or did you kind of just run to the Not bathroom? until that, you guys watched the show uh, Big Mouth? 
No. Oh, on Netflix? On Netflix. I've you, seen you guys, it a couple you guys times. Would love it. It's, it's a cartoon so kind of family guy okay. sort of vibe. But it's a, it's about teenage like sexuality. It's actually oh. really funny. It's, it's, I've watched a couple of it's episodes. It's as good as South Park and I'm a huge South Park fan. Like okay. it's that so that, that happens to a kid and I was like, I'm actually going to start telling this story cuz I kind of forgotten. I did that. that this yeah. had happened. I was like, oh, it totally happened and it was just it was just oh, I was I was overstimulated like this girl who's hot who's like a year younger than me is paying attention to me grinding. and not only that she's like grinding on me and she's got yeah. like a a great ass and her little like lucky brand jeans and I was just uh, it was just it was too much yeah and it, it was so funny but then it wasn't till I was probably twenty nine thirty when I started feeling comfortable dancing in public again uh-huh. like oh, yeah. it was it was a little bit of MDMA yep. and I remember I was actually out with a bunch of friends of mine at this place and we were having a great time and I was we, f- we ended up meeting up with this bachelorette party randomly and I was dancing with these girls and I remember apologizing because I was so insecure about it that I was like I know I'm sorry I'm not like a good dancer and they were like what are you talking well, yeah, about? They're like yeah. dude we're having a fucking blast like yeah. what are you apologizing no one's for looking at your dance moves yeah, yeah. I was like you don't it, I didn't like, really didn't give a shit I, I just was like, like kind of it was like, my pattern was to apologize for myself yeah. all the time yeah, it was yeah so for weird. insecurities yeah. and yeah that's the, I'm like that in Miami or Puerto Rico where the people are all salsa dancing and they're so <laughs> fucking good and I'm like I am this awkward white guy right now, like on the dance floor. I'm like, yeah. And then they'll come up to you like, yeah, mommy, come here. And I'm like, uh, no, I have two left fucking feet. Like I can flow and dance like on my own, grinding on dudes. You know, I'm champion. (laughs) But when it comes to like that kind of dancing, like in Latin American countries, complete shit and it's very uncomfortable yeah. I get very awkward and they all really like to spin you a lot and then I'm like oh god I'm just gonna go do more shots <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be come back later different kind of spinning yeah. it's, it's funny how much that stuff when we're young like in those first social environments are just, just oh. like, stick with us for a long it, time it and you don't think about it, it yeah. until it, like you undo it and you're like wow I've been holding on to that for a minute so that's the default it really it really does and it's kind of un- unavoidable right like we're going oh, yeah. to have experiences that are not going to be that wonderful here and there that and we'll have to at some point we want to do work around it so that's just part of it and it's like it's just such a fragile time yeah it's it's really big and so i was someone i remember with virginity i um i i remember saying i I never had that word virginity such of like a it's just so, I don't I don't even like saying it that way, but uh, having sex for the first time. I remember saying before I had sex for the first time that I didn't think it was a big deal. It wasn't like a gift that I was giving. I wasn't raised religious. I wasn't raised with shame around sexuality. It's like I don't. It, I definitely don't want it to just be like casual. But I don't need to be like. I don't think I need to be in love with the, the person. You know, I think it can just be with someone that I feel safe with. And I ended up having sex for the first time with someone else. It was their first time. They were a childhood best friend. Actually, we were best friends like when we were two and three and four. And then. You he thought girls had cooties and we weren't friends anymore. And then when I was 16, he wanted my cooties. And <laughs> so I gave him my cooties. And <laughs> he broke up with me like three days later after I lost my virginity after we had sex for the first time. He just didn't even think anything of it. You know, To him, it wasn't like, oh, this is probably kind of fucked up that we just had sex for the first time. And I'm going to like end this. And um, and I did later on. I didn't I wouldn't call it regret, but I did learn or decide, and for me, that um, it is such a vulnerable thing, especially as the person being penetrated, that I don't think it needs to be a gift. You don't need to be married. Maybe you don't even need to be in love with the person. But, like, it is kind of a big deal to have someone inside of you for the first time. Totally. It's a big Absolutely. energy exchange to, like, n- nothing else. Yeah. There's something big there. There's something about it that, like... Again, like I don't need all these fancy bells and whistles or in marriage and all that stuff. And I do, part of me kind of wishes that I had had put a little more something into it. Like I had chosen someone that um, respected my body more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it was a choice. But um, I just chose someone that I actually thought did or would because we used to be super homies when we were three. It was like comfortable yeah. and safe for yeah. you. But you they, they really didn't give a fuck. And, right. and so it kind of set a default. And then also we were having sex and we had sex, you know, maybe a couple of times. They never went down on me. So my first couple of sexual experiences that I had where I was actually having penetrative sex, um, my male partners were never going down on me, but they expected and wanted blowjobs. And that set a default that mm. I'm not entitled to someone pleasuring me, that I can't ask for it. I didn't know any better. No one told me Wh- I could. What age was this? This was like, about? started as like 16, 17, and, but 16, 17. Mm. You know, I think my first four partners that I had had penetrating sex with never went down on me once. It's funny. I used to tell myself, I, just to give you like perspective from a guy yeah. that, that was that age, like I used to, I remember saying this and, and it was kind of an indicator of how much I've changed over yeah. time and how much you can just like, that was, I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh on the radio, right? Oh, yeah. Like I was small town Texas, Texas right? Yeah. yeah. And I used to tell myself that I would never, never eat the pussy. Um, no, it was it was like I would never uh, fucking kiss a girl after she went down on me. Oh, like something like that, something so silly. I thought it was so weird, and yeah. like even even eating pussy was like the weirdest fucking. It was like it was already it was in my mind was like so taboo at that age, and I'm so glad. Of course, one of the best things was I didn't have sex with my my second girl. I had I lost it when I was 16. Didn't have sex with my second girlfriend for like three years. Mm-hmm. So it was more like out of desperation. I was like, we got to do something. And I got like, actually got really good mm-hmm. at going down on my girlfriend because ah. that was like, it was out of just like, we have to do something. And that mm-hmm. changed my whole perspective. And that was really young. And I'm grateful for that. But I can only imagine that if that paradigm never got shifted, if I was never really forced to let that go. Yeah. Cause now it's like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite things in the world to do. Yeah. Especially if you can, if you can get someone, cause I think guys a lot of times get, we get head all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And we'll like come from that. How often does a woman get, get head and like get off and like not expect to do anything in return. Yeah. And it's uh, fun you, to give that way. I have a question for you guys or you two humans. What do you think? Is there a protocol when you're dating for when you should have sex with a person and no shooting, but when you think, or is there a rule book? Like people ask me this and I'm like, when it feels good to you, that's my, my kind of advice. But I always like to ask folks what they think because everyone has a different opinion. And you know, we have Connor here who's dated for many years and, and, yes. and you're helping people with dating, you some dating coaching. And you were single yeah. too. You were single for a long time. Actually the video about that. I get this question all. Yeah. Right. I do too. Time. And I'm like, so I don't know when it feels There's good. never a standard, right? right. So I, I came up with these, these questions to ask yourself I love it people like that's one thing I love having people do is ask yourself really solid questions um, so it's all on my YouTube channel if you want like the full video but one is do you feel respected hmm. uh, so if you don't feel respected like that's not the move I mean, it could be the first if you feel respected in the first three hours of meeting somebody right like I'm not putting it could be three hours three months you know whatever do you feel like you have to perform for the person or do you feel like you can be yourself hmm. that's a good one um, do you feel like, and really these are the big ones, do you feel like you can say no at any point? Can you pull the ripcord and just like, and, be, and I thought it has to do with being respected and feeling like you have to perform, but can, do you feel comfortable saying no? And I think if you have that really strong belief, like I, if I need to say no to this guy or this girl, like if I need to really like hit the brakes, they're going to be okay with that. Mm. They're not going to project some bullshit onto me or make me feel really, really like shit or yeah. try to make me feel like shit for, for being a tease or Whatever the fuck, right? right? It's like, or they bought me an expensive dinner. Yeah. Now I have to say thank you with my body. Oh my like, gosh. Like that's the w- I, I, yeah, There's no sense in that. Yeah. That happens a ton, though. It's like it's it a very, does. it's a very, and it's it. I, that's actually one of the other ones that I put they in there. Was like, does it feel transactional? Yeah. Is it a transactional experience? Your body's on an apology. That was something that we had oh, said yeah. before, oh, which yeah. is really good. Well, that was the, the name of that uh, book by I forgot her name. Sonia. Erica. Something. Oh, Sonia. 
Yeah, she, Sonia Erica something. Lesno. No, Sonia something. It's on our Instagram. Go look at it. But she wrote a book. Yeah. Of it. Anyways, I like that. Yeah, I like those those That's, questions yeah. to ask yourself. So, and, and I had this same conversation with. I won't say her name. But I was talking to a good friend of ours who has a very high sex drive. <laughs> loves loves sex. Like has sex for hours upon hours she's like in her early 40s and has like 20 orgasms and like can't get enough of it I'm loud like, cat sex as some of our friends come like <laughs> yeah <laughs> juicy <laughs> orgasms juicy <laughs> orgasms i'm like i'm so jealous of of her and that and but anyway so i was talking about how i think every woman i know has had compliant sex where they didn't want to have sex or or it just didn't feel good and they didn't speak to it because they're afraid of um, being too much of ruining the moment like women are trained as pleasers just like well, I've never done that. I've I've had, I've I've wanted sex before and not had sex because I thought I shouldn't want sex because I didn't want to have sex too soon. I didn't want to be the you know the slutty girl and all of those things, and and but and so so I think that I mean when it, when she said that I was like first of all wow you're like the first woman I've ever met who doesn't think they've ever had compliant sex but they've she has had experiences where she's like i shouldn't have sex and i'm the opposite i've never not had sex because i think i shouldn't have sex mm -hmm. for me it's never been a shameful thing it was never like oh it's only the second date i can't have sex with them that's never been a thing for me so i like what you're saying the protocol but then like deep down the question is like do you just really want to like do you really want to have sex with them for you are you is it like because if that's there, why is all the other bullshit matter? Yeah. All like, I shouldn't do this. It's only the second date. And like, what if I... Well, there's indicators. When I was doing my single thing, if a guy was getting strange about condom use, I was like, oh, really? Because I wasn't on any birth control. And I'm like, I'm not trying to play the game who baby daddy is it. You know, yeah. that's not going to be what I'm doing. Like, that's not very fun. Not the move. That's not a fun no, game to play. not yeah. at all. So I was just like I'm I'm being safe not only that but I'm single and STDs are very frequent in this day and age and among uh, young people old people alike so uh, especially in nursing homes yes, oh I heard. especially in yeah. nursing homes syphilis I is love going an wild. 85 year old too yeah. I mean I love fuck. that yeah <laughs> you always wanted an OD I did an old dick <laughs> But I just, I think that that was a huge uh, red light for me if someone was strange about condom use. I never had a protocol on timing, though. I said if it felt right. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually I like to get to know the person, but I was a strong believer in energy exchange and yeah. what that felt mm -hmm. like. But yeah. I like the, the kind I of like the that, system yeah. or the steps. Systems yeah, because the thing about it is, too, there's no shame on like whether you just, if you just want to fuck the person, you don't want to date the person, right? Yeah. I think right. a lot of times when people feel like a strong connection with somebody and they feel like there's going to be a relationship, it's like, oh, we've got plenty of time for that. Yeah. Like, actually, I think there's fun. I think it's a, it becomes playful in the tension, right? Yeah. The tension is kind of a, it's a fun game to play. You've all, especially if you're older, like and you're in your 30s, like we've all had a lot of sex, right? So it's, it can be fun to like hold out. It's almost like edging Sometimes in a more way. Fun. It's way more fun. It's yeah. like how how far can we push this? Yeah. Like and that's that becomes more exciting to me because now that's novel. Yeah. Whereas when I was young it was like that was that was all we had, you know. Now it's this is I'm, I'm actually the novelty is in not having sex. Yeah. Right? Because you can go have sex anytime you want. What would your advice be to the men who have a really hard time, or not hard, I'm going to say a hard time, but they are really into a, a woman 
and the woman has sex with them on the second day, and all of a sudden now they're not into them because they had sex with them so soon. What would you say to those oh, men? Man. That's a good question. Just because they, just like, oh, no, she gave it up too early, because like, that's still a thing. That oh, means so that's, something that's, about her. Like, that's that's yeah. the Madonna Horror Complex. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. Not, she's, not, she's not relationship material. So I would look, the first thing I have do with anybody that work with in dating or relationships is, well, in life in general, but through that lens, is look at your patterns. Yeah. Right? Is that happening? Is that happening this one time where you, like, really connected was it was it were you trying to convince yourself that it was a relationship thing and you really just wanted to fuck this person Mm -hmm. like were you were you delusional right are you because a lot of times guys will self-rationalize everybody will self-rationalize but around sex guys will self-rationalize wanting to be in a relationship and they're not really of course there's shame around just wanting to fuck and that for males too Mm -hmm. right is it not as much so it's to look at your look at your patterns Right? Are you are you do you think you're like all about somebody until you fuck and then it goes away? Yeah. Well, that's that's some deeper work to be done there, mm-hmm. and it can be a lot of different things. Right? Yeah. Where's the shame living at? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a one-off thing, like I don't, you know, until it's a pattern, I don't really feel like it's necessarily yeah. a huge deal. But if it's repetitive behavior, it's like okay, well, this is now you're the common denominator. Mm-hmm. So where can we work through some shame for you? What can you what can you work into? And a lot of times I use journaling for this because mm-hmm. whether you not even if you're having a conversation. That still is in through the lens of a lot of times you feel judged by the other person. Like one of the things that I, I really value highly about my coaching practice is that I'm for some reason really good at not judging people. I think that's because I maybe because I found my mom's digital camera when I was a kid, <laughs> or you know I also grew up with addicts and I found a way to really like really deeply care for my my family and, and know they were doing the best they can. And that took me working through a lot of judgment and and shame and kind of projected trauma in a way and so when i have people that are like something like that i'm like yeah dude i get you yeah like, it's cool i'm not unless you're like throwing puppies off a bridge like i'm probably not going to judge you for too much yeah. you know and, and so we can do that but a lot of times with people they feel judged in a conversation so journaling has been one of the best ways that i found for people to dig into their own bullshit like that and you yeah. can you can honestly ask yourself the fucking question yeah. like write that question at the top of a page and write two or three pages mm-hmm. and don't let yourself stop until you get to something that actually resonates because it'll be bullshit, 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 something that fucking hits. And you're like, uh, that's it. Now let me work on that piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's, that's helpful to hear that, um, that a reminder that the, the pattern piece, you know, looking at the pattern part and that that's the, that's the thing to look at, right? And this is something we would ask in, like, in Hakomi and the this holistic psychotherapy that I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm still learning about is like, is this familiar to you? You know, mm-hmm. is this your first time walking down this path or have you walked down this path like 20 times and you're still choosing the same path? Because yeah. if that's the case and this applies to all things, sex, dating relationships is like, you know, if we're, or the people that are constantly pointing fingers, I don't know why, why do I have so many enemies? Why am I having such a hard time in the world? So is the blame game where they're constantly blaming everyone else. Oh and yeah, like, is this oh. familiar to you? Like, oh, that I, that psycho person and that one and that like, one. Why do right. I attract these psychos? I'm like, mm-hmm. at some point yeah, right. you got it. You got to look in the mirror. Yes. Unless it, like you're saying, it's the one time or like three time thing where like, oh yeah, you know, she gave it up on the on this on the second date and like it's it's a thing for me. But if it's a regular thing, there's something there for you. Exactly, and if it's if it's a pattern, it's I mean, and this stuff is really clear, right? It's like, well, that's a pattern of avoidance, mm-hmm. probably, right? You got close to some. Somebody, or maybe you have a feeling that like conquest is like the yeah. is what you need. It's an intimacy issue. Or okay, I have another question then. Uh, go for okay, it. Okay, so okay, <laughs> I know a guy who um, <laughs> who uh, I think is I think is important way. So this, that he um, 
and th- this isn't just just men. This is all all people I know. Plenty of women that do this too. That the um, you know they want what they can't have. They like chase. Mm. Oh, they're super into them. They're super attractive. And then the minute mm. that the other person is like, I really like you, they're like, I'm not that into it anymore. What about that one? That Connor? is, I know, I know who you you're know talking, talking about. about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guys that love the chase. And this uh, is a pattern. Oh, this yeah. is a pattern. You yeah. are talking about me. I it's think. A, no, not you. <laughs> no, no, mutual friend. Well, it's a pattern. Yeah, no, he, he's like, he's like, this is my thing. The minute yeah. I get them, I'm not as interested anymore. And then I miss, I miss the the person that I can't have, like an ex or someone else. That's it's not like the available. grass is greener scenario to yeah. to another level. Uh, well, that's that's a that's that's, a, that's, a, that's a high level. Self-rationalization, right? Like there's a it's avoidance. That's yeah. like that's classic in your fucking face avoidance. Like I, well, I just now that it's here, I got I got to get away. I got to get away. Yeah, it's it's like, oh my god, oh, but this might actually turn into a thing. It's like, it's really easy to fantasize. Like yeah. fantasize about all what all these things it could be. Like you essentially you're not even into the person. Yeah. You're into the what the, you th- what your projection of what that person can be. It's one thing I talk about a lot is don't fall in love with someone's potential. Mm-hmm. Same thing. That's a great line. Uh, I yeah. say that often. It's too. like it's like yeah. you what you're doing is like oh, but this person has potential. And my friend said this to me one time, and I'm like. That person has the potential to be what you want them to be if they do what you want them to do. Yeah. That is super fucking thin. Never go into a relationship thinking you're going to change someone. Mm-hmm. You might be able to change some habits, like maybe they won't smoke anymore. Yeah. Or I wouldn't even heavily, do that. I, I don't either. Don't, I but if, if, if you hate smoking, they don't date a smoker. Well, the that. thing about it is if use the actions that they're taking right now yeah. as an indicator of where they're going to be in the future because that's what you have. All you have Are is they what's doing here right now, the yeah. present moment. Yeah, and, and, if and they say maybe they're not making a ton of money but they're putting in the work and they're doing their thing. Like, Well, then they have that's, that's potential they're that, the that they're acting on on themselves independent of you yeah right so for someone who is always kind of addicted to the chase and wants that like that's i mean it it dresses itself up in a different way but that's fucking just just a highly avoidant person maybe a little bit narcissistic yeah well Mm. and i know people that i wouldn't even like think are narcissistic that are that are in that that boat because the the thing about the narcissist is they don't really see themselves usually, right? Yeah. The narcissist has a really hard time looking in the mirror. They're like, this is just, this is, so this person is like, I don't like this. This is my pattern. I don't want to do this. I can't help it. I don't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I've met many people that have that same thing of all genders. And, and so for me, it seems like there's like a deeper work, almost like a pilgrimage that needs to happen. Cause part of it to me is, is like, it's the worthiness thing of like not knowing how to fill your own cup, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing how to fill up your own self love cup. And so we're relying on these other things. And so there seems to be like this pilgrimage to happen to through therapy, through maybe swearing off dating and relationships for a while, swearing off sex mm-hmm. for a while, learning how to feel and, and not flirting for a while. But what about just dating the person that's into you for a little while? being like hi and, yeah and i'm and into you and you're attractive to me and yes th- i like that because i that's one thing that i actually said to this person was like why are what about just being I, i'm not it's like you don't have to marry everybody you're with everyone no. gets oh, these yeah, like yeah. i'm gonna i'm looking for my you know my my baby's future mother or father and i'm like yeah. what well, yeah this, why is, this is the, the vulnerability piece and not, not to cut you off that's but i think that this is what I talk about. When you notice, so he notices about himself, yeah. right? So you're not just observing, he's actually said. Yeah. Okay, so what I would do in that situation is, so he knows this. Yeah. And you kind of guys kind of live in a bubble. So if he knows someone and he's attracted to them and he's had he's put them in that place, then at, after a few dates, if he actually dates the person for a little while, 
Yeah. Tell them, yeah. like, this is my pattern. This is what I do. It's vulner- It's very vulnerable to say it to somebody. Like, yeah. I don't want you to be another yes. one of those people, but at least they know where you're coming from so they don't get blindsided, one. Mm-hmm. And two, they can actually communicate with you about yeah. it. And you're going to get a lot out of that reflection. I, I love that. That's why I was going. That's where I was going was, yeah. like, I, I, don't, I don't really love everything about radical honesty because I like a little bit of mystery, not not like white lies and a, compl- a lot of withholding, but I don't, th- I don't really f- agree for myself to share every little detail. And I think in that circumstance, what is important is to share all those little things. Like, I'm feeling a lot of fear right now. I'm feeling like I kind of just want to run. I'm like not necessarily uh, all here right now. I'm feeling like I need some space. Yeah. I'm a really scared, whatever that is. Um, uh, or yeah, I, I think that that is in itself. It could, I, I, I believe that that could potentially take the weight off the shoulders as opposed to I'm afraid of hurting their feelings and I need to pretend like everything's okay. And you mm-hmm. feel better because they, they know. They know yeah. that they're in, then, they're in, then you're in it together. Yeah, and they it, can if make you can decisions grow, they It's like, stay. okay, so I know if this guy starts pulling away, then yeah. she can say, hey, are you, is this kind of one of those things? Are you doing that thing you do? Yeah. And he's like, okay, at least I feel, uh, then I, then I think, honestly, for a man, a lot of times, then you feel understood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, men don't feel understood. They feel like, it, it, men feel objectified in a different way than women, but I've seen this in people that get married young, too. And a, a guy feels objectified, especially if you fall in those traditional roles, where it's like, she's objectified for sex, he's objectified for providing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And he doesn't even feel seen there, either. Um, which is, but a lot of times, men don't even understand that what that even, what it even feels like to be understood. Yeah. Or and how to ask for it. It takes a really high level of emotional intelligence which a lot of folks aren't doing the work I mean mm-hmm. they'll that you can lay it out for them and the, and the ground rules however they don't really go into that space of actually communicating properly to the person or the part I mean it's it's rare you have to you have to get out there and really figure out how to communicate your feelings I mean I struggle with it and I feel like I I talk so much openly you know on a podcast about my life and my feelings and my emotions and when I get into the rawness and the realness of my relationship I like choke up and I it takes me time and so I don't know it, it's it, it's evolution of your emotional intelligence and it, it takes work and practice I relate this a ton to sex actually yeah is what I always say it's like dude the first time you drove a car the first time you had sex it was clunky and awkward and Always. you just kind of whatever that's the same way it is when you start commu- learning how to communicate vulnerably mm-hmm. it's going to be weird you're going to say too much you're not going to say enough you're going to stumble over your words you're not going to be very articulate you're going to say the wrong thing because that's what you think you're feeling versus what you're really feeling it just takes time just like everything else but we don't give it the, the kind of incubation period of like okay i know i'm gonna just like anything else you do that's new you're gonna suck at it for a while but if you're just learning how it in your 30s or whatever to learn how to communicate effectively it's not you're not going to be great at it day one because you just as you wanted to do it yeah like a it's, baby bird yeah, yeah. Um, all right <laughs> I'm gonna fall out of the nest a million <laughs> times I might die one of them but here's hoping and yeah. then I'll figure it out I'll, exactly. know, I'll know how to fly are you gonna to regurgitate swear. food and spit it into my mouth all right um i actually have a a couple questions for you guys that just came in oh all right so one person says really well i sent out no no it's not i didn't even know i sent out i sent out some text messages so someone says i've never had an orgasm from sex and we'd love to know why and how i can make that happen oh we've heard this one we've had Writers that our listeners write in and 
yes, and educators talk about it. You are not alone. Let's just let's just have a little anatomy one on one lesson about. Uh, is this a female yes. body human? Okay, oh, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. If it was a guy. It's a whole different. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> this is true. So anatomy one on one. Both of my um, questions are from females. All bodies are different. All female bodies are different, and uh, studies show that there's some folks who have more nerve endings around the cervix. Some folks have more nerve endings in the vaginal canal. Most folks with female bodies have most of the nerve endings around the introitus, the entrance, the vaginal opening, the clitoris, et cetera, et cetera. Meaning when you go inside and do penetrative sex, you're actually not hitting all the nerve endings. Mm-hmm. This is this is a larger population of female bodies. So penetrative sex, if you were doing a whole bunch of thrusting in out motion like you see in porn, it's missing all those parts. You need grinding and mm-hmm. rubbing, you know, where bodies are more like er, 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 as opposed to going back and forth and that like slappy spanky thing, which it yeah. serves a time yeah. and place. You know, it's fun to feel some testicles slapping against <laughs> your pussy. Isn't it eighty percent of female bodies roughly, roughly uh, are more uh, inclined to have an orgasm With through external stimulation or combined at the same right. time? So but that would be the thing: is to start having internal sex. is way less. Um, you know, well, a, a, and especially with the yeah, well, the slapping the jackrabbit thing. No. Oh, jeez, that's oh not fun. That's not fun for any. That doesn't no. even feel that good. No, I think it's more of a power trip. I mean, it, there's, there's time and a place, time and a place. but like, it's, it's the minority of the and time. And you know, the time and place, opinion. it's when I just want you to fuck me right now. Like, yeah. that's when <laughs> you want to feel. Like it's, not, it's not about getting off; it's about getting fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like you get that as as a, as a female body. I'll have a moment where I'm just like, I just want you to fuck the shit out of yeah. me right now, and well, that happens way deep in the session, and not every session. Right? No, no, it's one of those things where it's like I've been in like that, where like. I'm usually a pretty, uh, I try to th- I imagine myself being like a pretty considerate lover, but sometimes I just want to fucking not consider you really that much at all. Yeah. But it's like, it's like it, it, if you're, uh, I have to moments. know you well enough where it's like, you're into that. Sometimes where it's like, I want to be yes. objectified. I'm like, objectify the fuck. Yeah. But you, or you deep, deep down, you know, I respect you. Yeah. Yeah. I respect yes. you, but also like yeah. right now. You can call me a dirty little slut and still respect me. You can slut. totally do that. You can to- that can, they can do it in a respectful way. It's because I gave you permission to do that. Yeah, and we exactly. know each other on right. that level. Exactly. So, I mean, for this person, adding more sex positions that involve grinding, maybe it would be with her on top and doing more of the grinding back and forth as opposed to up and down, touching, using sex toys. What about for this for this person, uh, I would do some self-exploration, OMGS. Oh, yeah. If they've ever heard of OMGS. What is that? OMGS, Amy, you always talk about it. I, I think you do it. a better a better job describing it than I do. So everyone, but it is really helpful. Omgs.com, and if you go backslash shameless, you get five dollars off. It's it true. is a online program that actually shows you the se- it's different seasons. Right now, it's just season one, and it actually shows you real videos of women or female body folks touching their body, touching their external vulvas, talking about this is how I have orgasms. You know, I do swirls, I do tapping, I do edging, and all these different techniques where you can. They're little three minute videos. They're not like doing it to the point where they have an orgasm, and it's really tastefully done. So people it's like super will, educational, and they're educational. Real, they're real people, real but people. It's adding tools to your tool belt. Yes. It's not some sort of like pornographic material yeah. it's a, a company out of san francisco research based it's totally yeah. research oh, wow. based and it's it's, awesome. it's they're three minute videos but there's like 62, 62 of them and, and then there's, there's modules we can practice yeah, on there's a vulva a, there's and actually it gives you feedback. are you serious yeah, you can like stretch the yeah. vulva with your computer and then but you can also because vulvas as we know are like fingerprints mm-hmm. everyone's is different and they're all beautiful and they're, and they're all, beautiful. all beautiful but flowers. i think you know this particular um questionnaire Questiony. Well, if they went, if is. they went to OMGS, they could one, like you're saying, learn what they like, right? Or self-explore. Your partners be you, you. This is yeah. You go learn what you like. This is what someone said in our class last night that we just taught. You go practice on your own. You watch OMGS. You learn exactly what your body likes. Then you either show your partner or you say, 
this that's what the person watch said last number night. seven yeah watch video yeah. number seven i like that that's what i like that's what i would like for and you and i to learned do. i did this yeah. whole project because for the for this person this isn't the first time i've heard of oh this my like no, i've never either. had an no. orgasm right it's all about practicing though just like we talked about everything else practicing the communication piece practicing self-exploration masturbation it's all about learning about yourself and what you like and using your hands is a great way because sometimes you don't have a, a vibrator but also they could go shopping and find a vibrator it's a great time to do it yeah. i mean the first so the first time i ever had it was one of my, one of my serious girlfriends a couple few years back and the first time i ever had a girl like rubber clip while she was on top and it was the one of the sexiest things oh, yeah. i'd ever experienced it was like she was also taking ownership of her own orgasm right yeah. it was like i'm i'm obviously want you to come like i'm not this isn't all about me and I think a lot of times, a lot of a lot of women on top, it's like you almost have to like renegotiate that situation because like you're just going up and down. Yeah, this isn't. I mean, that's which is cool sometimes, but yeah. it's like that's like if you're on top, you're kind of like it's that's more or less me saying like I want you to put put me where you want me. Kind yeah, of. and I can still like own that situation, right? but it's like yeah. yeah, it's like it's like I this more like I'm trying to think I have a way to say this It's like I'm putting you up there especially if you're a, a, somebody I'm, I'm new newly sleeping with where it's like I want to feel how you if you're in charge for a hot second how do you like to get fucked Yeah and that way I can take that kind of mindset into the rest of the situation but this is more like show me Yeah like show, show me, me what you like Show me what you like like put my dick where you want it and we'll have and then I'll 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 keep that in my in my in my memory bank there. You can the also honestly try vibrating cock rings because that helps if they do mm -hmm. prefer external stimulation. But again, you, can, you would need the grinding, not thrusting. But you miss it, but grinding. Yeah. yeah so grinding cock ring, like uh, yeah, like there's the Adam. Yeah, yeah, the Adam Plus <laughs> cock ring or the Adam cock ring. It's uh -huh. like got a big enough motor and it's so powerful that if you or you can turn it down if you don't want a lot of power. But that is the best way when you're on top to actually get external stimul or external and internal if you're riding. A silicone cock or a flesh cock, whatever you're riding on. Uh, you, you know, get a vibrator on your clit every time yeah, you grind. Yeah, that for me was very helpful because I am an external only uh, comer. I feel really <laughs> when we when we say atom, we need to tell them it's A T O M. It is. Like it's A T O M, like the atom bomb. Yeah. yeah, atom bomb. Yeah, they have it at purepleasureshop.com. You get fifteen percent off with coupon code Shameless Sex and Okay. We'll link, that, we'll link that in the description. Dun, dun. Yeah, for sure. Okay, it's well, worth it. I got one more. What and this got? is from somebody who is who works with a lot of women. Okay. And not around sex, but just what she hears. So something comes off uh, comes up a lot from my girls is how to advocate for yourself and ask for what you want without feeling guilty or awkward. Maybe how to start and have that conversation. Mm, that's a big one. What you want, which is I hear that a lot too. Yeah. How do how do you ask? Well, you first of all, you need to know yeah. what you want. That's right. Get clear awareness is step about one. What you want. Awareness yeah. is step one, and that changes, right? Like what I want today could be different from what I want tomorrow. And so we talk about this, and we did talk about it in our workshop last night. We talk about it in episode two of our podcast. We have an all podcast, honestly, but like in episode two, we really go into it. And there's this wonderful book called The Erotic Mind by Jack Marin that suggested there's a more important question. It's not what do I want when I'm being intimate. It's how how do I want to feel? Mm. So it's it's instead if I ask myself, okay, when I'm touching or being touched with someone else or by someone else or you know in that context with some other human beings, um, how do I want to feel in that engagement in that in that moment? And because all the what I, what do I want? You know, touch here, lick there, harder, softer, whatever. Those are great, but they are what they're kind of like 
the they're like topical mm-hmm. right and the other piece is what how do i want to feel is the foundation so if i know how i want to feel then i can share with a partner hey i want to feel like energetically taken care of like where you take control and i can just surrender here and like i'll still show up but like you're really in charge here and like i can have all the orgasms and i can cry and scream and wah, and you just got this that's how i really want to feel and then here are some of the ways that you can help me get to that feeling you can pull my hair you can shove me against the wall you can flip me around you can uh, whatever Spank you call me the shit out of me call me slutty <laughs> yes slutty dirty little girl I love you, dude. yeah <laughs> whatever it is but that so that so that's what the thing is like if for people don't know what they like start a self-pleasuring practice i don't know when this is airing what's on your, your spank your, bank like we talked about the yeah. spank bank and right? i don't and i don't know if this is airing when for your parts or ours okay so we're doing for may may is masturbation may oh we got plenty of time yeah great yeah. so we are we are doing a self-pleasure masturbation 30 challenge, day challenge to 30 days of masturbation where every day you have to self-pleasure if you want to be part of the contest oh damn you self-pleasure for 15 minutes with just hands there's no porn we're both participating and we neither of us have ever done anything is this this for women all bodies bodies. yeah anyone anyone can do it all bodies can do it as a means of um, maybe learning more connection with our own bodies just seeing what's there being okay with masturbating with self-pleasuring etc etc but like that's how you learn what you like is you start touching yourself don't rely on someone else to figure it out for you and then you know and then and then figuring out how do i want to feel as a rugby and sharing these things mm-hmm. with people and sharing it from that place as opposed because uh, honestly like for for myself and sometimes when someone's touching me and they're like what do you like I'm like i don't know just try something in that moment but if i've had a conversation with them outside of sex like before or after where i'm like Okay, you know, because in, in that moment I am can get flustered. I don't always have the answer, but outside I, I could be do. like, okay, this is what I want. I want because I, I do. I want to feel taken care of. April wants yeah. to feel special and the best. Yeah, that's true, and she is. <laughs> April, you are the best. Thank you. She wants You're to hear. So special, you have the yeah. You have the best. No, she wants to hear. She's one that she wants to hear. You have the best pussy I've ever ever had. Yeah. ever. Yeah, even if they don't mean it. Yeah. Like, just tell me. Yeah, <laughs> your pussy tastes like rainbows and candy corn. Yeah, because oh, I ate God. pineapple earlier. <laughs> <laughs> And unicorns. And Skittles. <laughs> Taste the rainbow, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taste the rainbow. Oh, my God. I saw a video, too, by the way. It's, like, total tangent, but it was a, like, mock Skittles commercial. My partner sent it to me, and it's this guy, who's, and he's, like, banging this chick, and he's like, oh, 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 and then she's like, give it to me. And they go for, like, the money shot, and she's, like, you know, wanting it all over, and it Skittles all come out, <laughs> and it ends with, taste the rainbow. <laughs> what was that? What was it for? I think it was like some weird, like fake Skittles parody. People have way too much fucking time on their hands, <laughs> dude. <laughs> what the but fuck? it made that's me want Skittles. Like, that's, well, it works. Okay. I well, I guess Skittles so. Use that. I think it was, yeah, that's I pretty good. Skittles, Skittles will use that. Maybe they can use it on Pornhub or something. You know? Yeah. There you go. Skittles yes. is like, we didn't do that. Yeah. We did that. We yeah. did that, yeah. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> Wait, that would be kind of funny if you were actually like mid mid bang and you were about to have an orgasm and you had some skittles on the side. You just I like always thought that people with a vasectomy like some smoke puffed out of there. <laughs> I'm like, does it like glitter come out? Or, it's like, like, a it's puff like of one smoke? of those guns in the Poof. cartoon. Just like yeah. it's a little, it's a little flag that says like jizz. Yeah, jizz. <laughs> 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 yeah. I did. I thought that until I, when my partner had a vasectomy, I was like, oh, so stuff does come out of there. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Fun fact. You didn't know this about me. I don't really talk about it on the show much, but I was born without vas deferens. So really? I was basically born with a vasectomy. Yeah. Score high five to you. Wait, yeah. do you want children? Uh, I can do it. You can I do just, it, but they I, have to do a. They got to go in. It's a, yeah, they wow. got to go in. Yeah. I okay. found out when I was like 26. Have you 27. ever thought that perhaps that's the universe telling you 
not to reproduce. Um, so what, what's, what's fucking crazy about the human body is that a lot of times if you have genetic diseases, that's one of the only reasons. It's really fucking crazy. So my urologist in Austin has same issue. So what that happens if you have this just this situation? It could be. For, it could have also been like I, I like fell on something when I was oh, a kid. It okay. could have been yeah. anything, right? Um, but they just don't know. And a lot of times, if you have genetic diseases, you will not develop vas deferens so that you don't pass it on. Oh, wow. which is how, how fucking crazy that's is that? That's what I'm talking about. So I, I mean, that's so I, I'd already, I had already um, decided before that that I wanted to adopt anyways. Okay. So I would like to do. I would like to have. I, I'm going to adopt still, obviously, but I wanted to try and have one of my own. I feel like I come across as a child hater. I'm like, doesn't that mean that you shouldn't have children? So it's one of those things. It's one of those things where I'm like, there's so many fucking people on the planet. That's like, how you I really always have feel. to think about this. Like, there's yeah. so many people, and it's like, I also have a different view on it because I was raised by people that weren't technically my parents, right? They're my grandparents. And I can see the difference in what it's like to grow up with someone, with people who really truly love you. And like, it was hard because my mom was in and out and it was really frustrating. We have a really great relationship now, but at the time, and I'm like, man, there's kids out there that are going to grow up in the system. They're not going to have a shot. And it's like, if I can provide, if I can provide that for some other fucking human soul and I don't, like, I don't think I could really wrap my mind around that. And it's just, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And I think that there is something about having your own kids that there's like a deep kind of love there. But at the same time, I think love's way bigger than that. And I don't think that just because the, the body is born or born or, or, or changes to be a certain way, like we, this, we have technology that can make it so that we can do mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy fancy things. But it's the same oh, yeah. thing with like, you know, women who are having a hard time getting pregnant. You can be like, well, are you, do you think that it's the universe telling you that you shouldn't have kids? Or we're like, we have, or is the universe says that we can or should because we have the medical advances that we do that can do whatever yeah. it is that we want. I mean, personally, in, yeah, I hear what April's like. Cause April and I are like the, the two people in, I mean, we know other people don't have kids, but we're kind of the ones who are like, you know, we're probably not going to have kids and we're kind of down with it. And it's We've ca- talked it's about baffling. raising an, uh, like a shameless sex love child. Oh my God, a like, child would be so <laughs> like happy. Like have a gaby with some yeah. like awesome gay couple. <laughs> let's like, have a gaby. Yeah, let's have a gaby and raise them together. If we had so a kid together, <laughs> that kid would be awesome. The only issue is that we don't want kids. I know. Yeah. That's so a problem. I actually thought about this when I was, I was when I found out, I was like, well, I have to go get this harvested, right? So I'm going to have like a, abundance of semen just laying around. Yeah. And I was like, you know what I would love to do? Because if, if I end up not getting married, I would love to have... Uh, a kid with a lesbian couple, yeah. Where I was kind of looks like uncle, you know, because I mean, yeah, I'm like I'm like the male figure that's around. Cause you, I think all kids need a little bit of both, with right. even you know, it's something like, especially if it's a boy, like, like a co-parenting situation. Yeah, like you like, want to go on vacation or the yeah, but I'm like I'm around. Like the yeah. kid knows, and when the kid's old enough, like hey, that's actually like your biological dad. I think it would be pretty rad. And I actually thought because I had that came up because I had a lesbian couple that before I even knew when this happened they was like hey, if we want to have a kid, yeah. like we're gonna hit you up because we want those. We want, like, those, we want those okay. tall, want those tall man jeans. I guess. How do we get those tall man jeans with <laughs> with the normal size cock for his body size? <laughs> we want I the, want that we one. Want, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I actually had a friend the other day ask me uh, if I'd rather have an inch of dick or an inch of height, and I was like, Wait, like gain? Yeah, gain? like somebody's like, you can have, you can be an inch taller or have an inch longer dick. Do you want to be taller first of all? Well, first, the whole thing <laughs> was so we, were, we were sitting there having this conversation, and I was like, I, I guess I'd take an inch of dick. Yeah. But, but I know. wouldn't do anything for it. Yeah. Someone's like, give me five hundred dollars, your, your dick will be an inch inch longer. I was like, like no, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, you just yeah, you just gain five hundred dollars to run into some molars when you get your dick yeah, sucked. I'm hey. good. I'm good. So yeah, it's it's it can, it can happen. 
Well, this has been a fun show. It's been great. I, know, I, I enjoyed it. it. Thank you for christening my new little home. It goes this is so the first quick. podcast in here? This is the first podcast. Wait. No. We, oh, we recorded yesterday on... We did a Zoom uh, This is the first in-person one, though, like yes. sitting wow. down for it. That's, like, is, that's the difference of watching porn and having sex. This is... It's yeah. True. It's so more intimate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is the... This is going to be... I want to put signs out there to say, like, shameless sex headquarters and do all kinds of really silly, silly Let's things. put that banner that we have of us, yeah. like, holding the microphones. Oh, my God. We have No, I have a micro penis in it, remember? How you do a Microphone. So, I'm like, we need to wipe that shit we out. Did a, yeah, we did a photo shoot, and 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 they didn't. I had my hand and like on my hip, and a, and the, my thumb came out just like a half an inch. But it's on you a business card, so you, yeah, you can't see yeah. it. So in a massive banner, it's I have blown a up. And yeah. like we ha- we were in Brooklyn at this expo, yeah. and Amy's like, I have a micro penis, and she actually does. Oh yeah, it's like it's it in, just it's looks very. Did you guys put that on your Instagram? Yes. Okay, that's what yes, I Yes, and I was like, there's my micro penis. And like, this is our banner that we paid a couple hundred dollars for that we are now going to rock my micro penis. No, we'll white it out. I'm into it. I'm into it. Giant clit. Connor, it's so good to see you in Santa Cruz. Yeah. No, it's I love NorCal. Yeah. Love you guys. Aww. Yeah, Where can everybody you. find y'all? Go to shamelesssex.com. We're on all the apps Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Just look up Shameless. Spotify. Oh, are we on iHeartRadio yet? We're on all the things. We're on iHeartRadio too. Holy fucking shit. iHeartRadio. All the things. Just go look up Shameless Sex Podcast. You bam, will find bam. us. And follow us on what about Instagram. You? Where do they find you? Because this is going to be so our bonus. So, The Realness Podcast on iTunes and everywhere that you can find podcasts. All the things. I don't know about iHeartRadio, but everywhere else. Well, now you maybe you are. Use yeah, I, mean, I can. You use yeah, and you I'll, can just, I'll just go click the button. Yeah, exactly. I'll be on iHeartRadio by the time this comes out. <laughs> and uh, Connor Wanders on Instagram. Connor with an E, Wanders with an A. And of course, I'll link all y'all stuff in the description so it makes it super, super easy. Woohoo! Cool. Bam, bam. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.